Season 4, Episode 1, Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Welcome back to all our listeners and welcome to any new ones listening for the first time. Um, This is a global Tottenham Hotspur podcast and viewpoint by the fans, for the fans. Uh, Joining me this week, my co-host, Bex from Portsmouth. Good afternoon. And David Fornell from Sussex. Sussex, even. Yeah, from Sausages. Hello there, Jav. Afternoon. Right, got there in the end. Um, just for any new listeners, and also for existing listeners, um, going forward, we're going to try to record um, the podcast every every Sunday. Um, that, depending on when Tottenham play, that might not always be possible. But we'll try to to record a podcast sun, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and, and have something out and, and available. So it's. Um, so you can listen to it on a Sunday evening or, or on your way to work um, on, a, on a Monday morning. Right. Um, Bex, David, how was your summer? Did you cope without the football? On, so I, I think this has been the longest closed season since last year. And it doesn't matter what other football is available. It's just not the same. And I hate, absolutely hate the summer. And sure, you know, I watched the cycling and the tennis and athletics and it's all still gash. I can't wait till next next weekend. It'll be so much better when I have a proper focus to my weekends again. Yeah, much the same. It's uh, it, uh, it seems awful without with our real focus of watching Spurs and, and the Premiership, but uh, or Premier League, not how to call it Premiership, Premier League. Um, I love all my sports, so I've been entertained with the Grand Prix and golf and, and cricket. But it's still not quite the same. But otherwise, it's been a nice summer, although I don't see much sunshine at the moment. Well, really? Glorious here. Yeah. You're in the wrong place, Dave. Well, it's all right now. Glorious in South East London. I'm, I'm looking out my window. It's a, it's a beautiful day. Um, yeah, I, I found the I found the first first part of the summer, things I found went fairly quickly, but the last, last month or so has, has been a bit of a drag. But um, I'm glad we're we're there now. Um, right, pre-season matches. Let's let's talk a bit about those. And we'll, we'll, obviously, we, we played Juventus yesterday. Um, we'll talk about that separately in a bit. Let's just begin with the games that we played in the states. Um, PSG, we beat um, Roma. We lost, and then we um, lost to Man City in the, in the final final one of those three games. Um, Reading a lot of the comments on social media, particularly um, amongst Spurs fans, um, generally the impression I got was um, panic has started to set in. A lot of people were commenting upon how we're not ready for, 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 for the season ahead, how we looked really poor against Man City and and all of that. Um, my own take is that they're pre-season games. The results don't matter. If, if you win those matches, I'm fairly ice cold about that if you lose them I've, I've got the same reaction I don't really care because they're just about building up match fitness um, 
you, does anybody remember our pre-season games from last year and the year before? Uh, well, not really, but I, I know that um, from from what I've been reading or what have you, we, we've come into them winning them and then had a bad season. We've come in losing them and had a good season. It, it had no way does it ever seem to reflect on our uh, following league season. So from that aspect, who's worried? Um, we got absolutely murdered by Man City. It has to be said. And I understand why the fans, oh, no, look at that. You know, we were just awful. We didn't look fit. We didn't look up. For, but quite frankly, we did look as though we thought it was a training match. We were getting our fitness just to be easy on the ball. And Man City have obviously turned out and said, you know what, we're going to make a statement here and went for us. And, and we did get torn just to shreds. But I'm sure the Juventus fans after yesterday aren't saying, oh, no, no, we're never going to win anything now. Look at it. We're awful. We're beaten by Spurs. I'm sure they're not thinking that. I'm sure they were taking the same attitude that we'd taken against Man City. And that was just, this is a nice, friendly game. Um, enjoy yourselves. Get a bit of fitness. Get your first touch right. So I took a, a different tack this year. I thought I'm not going to get involved. So I'm not going to look at social media stuff. I'm not going to watch the games. I'm just going to start the season completely cold. So I haven't watched, I've seen the goals, obviously, because you can't avoid them. But I deliberately haven't watched any of the games. So I don't get myself to that. Oh, panic. Oh, my God, we got thrashed 3-0 by Man City. Which was interesting, because Guardiola then said that, that was the best match his team had ever played. Mm. So a bit of mind games there, a bit of headology from Pep. So it's all very well and good, but they're fitness games. So I don't really care about any of them. And it doesn't matter how we did in pre-season... Because, like you said, Jeff, it never tracks through to the next to mm. the full season. So it's just giving everybody a bit of a run out. On, on the um, you know, what, what I asked earlier, does anybody um, remember those results? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't expect anybody. To, I, I, I don't remember. I had to, I had to, I had to look up last season and the season before's pre-season yeah. results I had a vague recollection of some of the matches but just taking the last two seasons which we've done particularly well in, in, in the league I don't care what anybody says, says and people can go on about well you didn't win the league and didn't win any trophies but you know we finished third and we finished second and relative to all the years that have preceded that that's a massive improvement um, two seasons ago the, the Audi Cup um, I think we lost to Real Madrid and beat Milan, or it could have been the, the other way around. Um, and last season, we, we, we were playing down under. We lost to um, Atletico and Juventus. Um, read into that what you will. And then we beat Inter 6 1. Janssen yeah. got, got on the score sheet. Okay. None of those results matter. None of those results had any bearing. It's all about match fitness. Um, and I, you know, fairly relaxed about that. Um, on yesterday, yesterday's game, I know that's without risk of contradicting myself. I'd probably say the same about yesterday's results, in, in that you know we won, great, but we shouldn't get carried away. The only difference is it's probably that little bit closer to um, the start of the season. It's, it's the final test before before the big kickoff. So. Um, there were some encouraging signs. Um, the results was, was fine, um, but I thought um, we were we were at the races and um, two superb goals. Um, the first one reminded me of um, 
Harry Kane's header reminded me of Alan Shearer's header um, at um, also at Wembley or the old Wembley at Euro '96. Um, the movement, um, the build-up to the goal, Trippier's cross was, was reminiscent of um, Gary Neville's cross to Shearer um, at Euro '96, and and the second goal, uh, well-taken goal, um, and this was against a, a, a top team. So, you know. But is it the best best defence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Sorry, Sorry Bex, far away. Um, no, I was just. It's interesting, isn't it, that we did come away with a win yesterday. So on the after the PSG game, everybody was quite buoyant and seemed quite happy. And then the Roma game and the um, City game, everybody kind of nosedived back. But this hasn't been that same. Oh look, we've beaten Juve. We're fantastic. We're going to win the league again. Anywhere, people seem to have got their centre of balance back a little bit with it. A little bit of perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. just a fitness game. It's just a warm up. Yeah. I think that you know, and we'll see this over the course of the season. When when there are games which actually matter, that we do lose or we, that we do drop points in, um, that will probably see the same sort of reaction from fans. Um, uh, some number of our fa- fans will will have a sense of perspective and, and be pragmatic, but unfortunately, a lot are quite fickle and have short short memories. Um, that's just that's just football fans, I guess. Um, transfer incomings. There are they exist. <laughs> Barclays the one that keeps coming up. Obviously, there've been various various other names linked with us. Barclays the one that keeps coming up. Um, uh... But it's a fucking ridiculous amount of money. What are they saying? 50 million? Right, okay, sure. Cheers, thanks. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? How is that going to be funded? Somebody, anybody? Really? Do we think that may well be the reason that we don't get anybody in this year? It's difficult to second guess at times what... Um, Levy and Poch are, are attempting here. Um, y- you know full well that we don't dine at the top table. And that top table has been shifted miles away not, uh, to another restaurant, never alone um, at the other end of the, of the restaurant, um, with uh, Neymar's move and yeah. uh, around £200 million getting on for. Um, and that will have its repercussions. It's difficult to make sense of that. And it will have its repercussions percussions and unfortunately if we're talking Barclay that may well swerve that one slightly even to the point where we don't buy him because Everton will sit out and say well you know what you know, the, 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 we got the ante because I'm sure after selling Neymar Barcelona is saying well yeah we've got interest now in more of it in Coutinho and um, we're interested in um, Hazard and whatever they thought we'll add 50% because that's yeah. what Chelsea and Liverpool are going to say. Well, no, no, no. You thought um, 60,000 would do it? No, I'm sorry. It's going to be 90 now. Um, and, and, and it's going to ripple around with that. And, and whew, uh, you know, it, it may have been now prudent for us to have done our business slightly earlier. And uh, we may well miss out because of it. I'm not complaining. Against it. Who would have known any such transfer would have come along at, at that rate? Um, but I, I, I do fear a little bit. We're, we're going to have to carry on still having to shop for the Deli Alleys, mm. uh, which I'm, I'm, if they did that, 
fantastic if they could manage to do that again and find a youngster like that, a teenager, that can come straight into the team and hit the ground running um, and be a sensation. Um, we've done it almost a few times now, and uh, long may that continue. But um, I don't know what's going to happen with the Everton lads at Barclay. I really don't. They say it's not to do with the transfer fee, more to do with his wages. But then I hear reports saying well, he's quite willing to take a pay cut if necessary. Bring okay, he's going to have again. to take... He's going to have to take quite a big um, drop in his his vaunted salary. Levy said it when they were in Nashville. The transfer market at the moment and the money they are playing players is unsustainable. Yep. And we all know financial fair play doesn't apparently apply anymore. It's just something that FIFA and UEFA said they were going to do. It clearly doesn't apply with the, the Neymar thing. But there is a ripple and there is an effect. So it's a question of do Spurs stand firm against this in the face of such overwhelming, let's just throw money at it, and paying way, way over the odds, not just in terms of transfer fees, but also in their weekly salaries, when you're looking at how that money has to be recouped. And I know they're getting a lot more money from the TV deals, but still, they have to get that bottom line from somewhere. All of that money has to come from somewhere. And at the moment, quite frankly, 200 million for Neymar is an obscene amount of money for one person. Never yeah, mind his weekly salary and how much he's paying yeah. the tax man. It's yeah. absolutely an obscene amount. When you yeah. think of, you know, what else is going on in the world to pay that much money, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And PSG have up yeah. the bar by quite a lot. And it will put a minimum, I guess, of 50%. But in all fairness, the transfer fees were fairly ridiculous before Neymar went. Yep. Yep. So yep. I don't know. I think Levy and Poch are doing the right thing in saying, hold off. I don't know if they're interested in Barkley. He's going to have to take probably a 50% pay drop in order to um, to come and play at Spurs. He was on 150 a week at Everton, and that's not going to happen at Spurs. It doesn't happen for the guys that are there currently, let alone someone like him. I would say that we've, we've been so heavily linked with him over the, not just over the summer, but, but even towards the end of last season and, and before that. There's probably no smoke without fire. However, I suspect that if he does come, it'll, it'll be at the right price. Um, you consider a few years ago Berahino we were linked with over a number of transfer windows and in the end we didn't get him because Levy wasn't going to pay what was being asked um, which was and look at his fantastic career ever since absolutely so Barkley's an interesting one because he divides a lot of um, opinion amongst fan base Um, a, a lot of people don't rate him I think there's a decent player there I think certainly when he broke on the scene he had a lot of potential um, he seems to have lost his way the last few years um, if there's anybody that can get the best out of them then I would imagine it, it would be Maurizio but um, yep agreed with that but I'm not A do we desperately need him and no. B would we pay that much money for him no and I'm guessing no is the answer in both cases therefore Levy and Poch don't is this something that Poch wants? Does he need another long-term project? I think it will come down to... I mean, he's the difference between this situation and the Berahino situation is he's only got a year left on his contract, and I can't see him staying at Everton. So, and I can't also don't, I can't see a situation where they will allow for his contract to run out, um, because come January he can he can go for a free fee or uh, an even further reduced price. Um, so I think he will leave Everton, and I think it will be... He's allegedly carrying a knock at the moment. I think it will be in the 11th hour um, as, as the tra- transfer window closes um, but whether we end up 
um, purchasing him really remains on how far Everton are going to come down in their estimation of him. And if somebody else is stu- stupid enough to pay what they're asking for, then he'll go elsewhere. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. It doesn't seem to be anybody else, and this was reported, that really going in for him. Um, he He's an England player. He's only 23. And as you say, Jan, he's only got a year left. And Everton can't, can't afford to let him go for nothing. Now, he's been told by Koeman that he's not in his plans. They've clearly had a bust up. I would say that he wants to go to Spurs. He'd love to go to London. The one um, compelling reason, of course, at the moment is we're Champions League. And we compete at the very top in the Premier League at the moment. Um, he'll want some of that. And I I mean, he's, he's on 50000 a week. He's been offered 100000 or he was offered 100000 by Everton. Um, but I think he'll go below that. I really do. Um, but I, I, I think Levy is just trying to get the price down. And I think he's playing brinkmanship. I, I actually fall inside. I like him. He's a very powerful player. He's got a lot of skill. I like it. Um, I don't know he'll be promised first-team football, but he'll be promised to given, uh, be given a, a, an equal chance like anybody else. Um, but I think they're just going to wait, as you say, to the 11th hour to do it. I, I, I think it'll happen. And I think it's one that's been reported so much, simply like Walker, that, that um, it is actually happening. It's been reported. There's too much information on it for, for it not to be um, interest there. Let's, um, given, you know, apart from Barclay, I know we have been linked with a few others, but but, but that's, he's the one that's we've been consistently been, consistently been linked with. So I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know how much activity there will be in terms of income. In, in you know, if Barclay happens, then, which it might well do, then I can see that, but I can't really see much more activity at the moment. There's certainly no indication. I know that um, Lopez, the third goalkeeper, um, there was talk that that deal hadn't gone through, and so we were looking for a third um, keeper. Um, he was obviously on loan with us last season. Um, outgoing. So there's been one um, notable outgoing over the summer. Um, uh, his name escapes me. Um, right back, we signed from Sheffield United. Um, Bex, you feel strongly about this. Yeah, he can fuck right off. I don't ever want him to darken my door ever again. I'm so cross because he hasn't gone for any tangible reason. Bit of cash, wants to move back up north. Goodbye, so long, farewell. I'm really cross because I don't understand why he would go. Which is possibly why I'm not a Premier League footballer. But I am just... I'm really upset. I was really upset. And now I'm just mad. So he is the new Judas. And um, I hope he gets a fucking good kicking. I hope somebody takes him out. Which they won't because they're all too nice. But I am really cross. Yeah, you're not the only one to think that. I must admit, there's quite a few. I'm I'm a little more understanding. I'm not happy about it by any means. Um, The way I've, I've said before... We seem to, for the first time I can ever remember, and I've supported Spurs for a number of years, this is the best side I think we've ever had, certainly since the double. Um, and it, it's become like a family. They're yeah. very close-knit. And for someone to step out of line like that and just stick two fingers up and walk out the door really does feel out of line. Uh, um a, a real snub to the rest of us, the supporters particularly. I'm sure the other players sort of understand. Um, 
I don't know we'll ever find out what really went on. Um, it was good money. It's fabulous money. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I look at it, the, the, um, the king is dead, long live the king. And, and we've got Trippier, well, we did have Trippier <laughs> until he turned his ankle yesterday. Um, but we've got Trippier, and, and he's, he was more than a replacement by the end of last season. Uh, I, I like, look, he doesn't do what Walker does, he's a different player. He, he gives us something else. But um, I just, you all hope that uh, it's not the start of something. We've, we've seen it too often. We try not to be a selling club. Every club is a selling club to a degree. It's just at what, what pace. But you just hope he's not the start of, of something like that, of leaving. I think the, the last time that, I still maintain this, I think the last time that we sold a player that was um, a key part of the squad was Gareth Bale four years ago. And actually, I think this is a not dissimilar situation in that we didn't sell Walker because we had to. We sold him because he wanted to go. And yeah. that's what hurts me the most. Yeah. It is a similar situation in that regard, but in terms of his value to the team, and I'm not trying to undermine um, his value just because he's left or because I've got sour grapes, his value to the team isn't the same as Gareth Bale. It's not the same as Deli Ali or Harry Kane or Christian Eriksen or Toby Alderweireld or you know we have, as, as David pointed out, we have got Kieran Trippier. Um, he was one player. We did the podcast back in um, beginning of April. Um, John Steggles was on that one. I remember John at the time saying it. It was just at the start of the, might have been even just before the whole Carl Walker rumour started and John said, if there's one player that we can afford to lose off the first team, one that's slightly expendable, it's Walker. Um, and I, I don't, I at the moment, I don't think it's going to um, cause a ripple effect. I think the two things which could potentially be a problem if Maurizio Pochettino ever left I think that would definitely there'll be a, 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 a domino effect I think the, the other thing is this season it, a lot will depend on this season I think in the past um, uh, the priority was to qualify for the Champions League which it still is but I think we've moved on as a club I think expectations are a bit higher and players want trophies and if we don't win a trophy this season I think there would certain players maybe come next summer you know Ericsson's and Alley's might at that point look to move on and that would be a bigger concern for me further yeah. down the line but at the moment I'm not too fussed about Walker leaving um, I'm not fussed I'm just really fucking angry I don't know if you're getting that well, vibe you, you might not you might have missed that one no, entirely it hadn't, it hadn't, but I am uh, really just because of the way it was everybody else is settled it's not like we've had a huge um outgoing of lots of players it's yeah. not like we've even bought anybody to replace him and he's flounced off somewhere else yeah it's a strange one because he, he cited um moving up north well he's been in london since what 2011 nine years yeah um maybe longer because he signed for us before yeah before then um albeit it was a loan at qpr and, and, and villa um, so I don't believe he's suddenly homesick all of a sudden. If it's a question of winning trophies, I understand that he's of a certain age and and he might look at the situation and he might think, well, I've been at Tottenham for this amount of time and, yeah, we've done well. We've been at sort of tr- tr- transitional phases, blah, 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 but I want to win a, I really want to win a trophy. And you might argue that he might be better placed to win a trophy at City because they, they've got the money to spend on whoever they want and they've got pep... Guardiola, who has won trophies in in Spain and Germany, albeit not in England yet, um, but I I think his best days 
are behind him. I think his best days will turn out to be at Spurs. He's um, going to it from a team where everything they are, Spurs are such a good team. It is everybody will work for everybody else. To Man City, which is absolutely soulless. Hmm. Dick, just yeah. Uh, and I know that he he played de- decent in that preseason ga- game, and in fact the whole City team put in a good performance, and we weren't at the races, and that's that's fine. Like I said before, it's pre-season, but come the start of the season, um, and people can go on about City and United and all of these teams, and I know they've spent lots of money, but they also spent lots of money the season before and the season before that, and they still finish below us. Man City, they're a company, Vincent company injury away from having a shit defence, because if you take him out, the centre of their defence is pretty piss poor, um, and he won't, when he's bombing forward... He won't have Alderweireld or Dyer to cover for him. When he fucks up and he makes a mistake, which he will do because he's prone to, prone to doing that, he won't have Alderweireld or um, Dyer mopping up his mess. He's going to be found out at City. He's going to be exposed. Um, he's dead to me, so I don't really care. Yeah. Um, well, City, have, City haven't finished spending. That's the problem. They're still looking at centre halves, aren't they, around the world? They haven't they're still... finished. They're going to end up spending nearly a half a billion on their own. City are, and it, it's it, we're just going back to the the, the amount. I know we're not want to talk about City here, it's Spurs, but it affects us. It really does yeah. affect us, and I think they're going to spend big again. It's just no end to it. And as you said, it is soul. You're right, Bex. It's it's soul. It feels soulless up there. That sort of um, sports stadium. It's big. But it's sort of empty in a sense. Um, and, well, uh, the one compelling bit of evidence I, th- I felt with Walker was that he clashed with Poch. Not only the training regime, but also that he wasn't playing in the cup games. And I do think he threw um, his toys out the pram once. And you know what happens to Poch when you do that? Um, Townsend found that out, that he was gone in minutes. Townsend was. Uh, Walker wasn't quite so much, and he wasn't willing to... And with all the other things, I mean, he was on £70,000 a week. And for any fallback, that's good money, really good money. But City have had to outdo that. And I think they've doubled his wages. I think about 150 I think, up there. It's a ridiculous amount for a fallback. Bellerin wasn't, was on less than Walker until he recently signed a contract. So it's not as though, you know, he was on silly, silly poor money in, in premiership terms. But there we are. He's he's gone. As I say, the king's dead. Long live the king. Yeah. Um, while we're looking at transfers, I'm just going to jump ahead to a couple of questions we we had on on the transfer window. So, Richard Healy asks, "What are your views on the club's lack of signings this window? A club showing a lack of ambition, happy to play the role of also rams, or a club frugally run, investing in developing young players, not prepared to join the current mad prices for players or something else?" Yeah, it's a good question, that is, and I like the way he's put it. And uh, I'm, I'm cer- certainly of the second part. Um, lack of ambition is certainly you couldn't level that at Spurs. I know some do, uh, some fans are levelling it, lack of ambition, but there'll be no end to it, wouldn't there? You'd be at the Man City level where the ambition only comes in putting in, as I said, a half a billion pounds, throwing that at it. And who's to say they're going to hit the ground running? They looked great for six games last year, and they came to, now where was it? Let me think. Oh, that's right, White Hart Lane. They came there and got their trousers pulled down. They really did. And, it, it, and they never recovered from that. 
Um, so all the money they spent last year, all these clubs are doing a trolley dash at the moment, and too many fans are getting caught up with this this idea that they're just every signing these players, and away they go. And well, they're, they, if they're signing them, they're going to be that much better. Maybe not. And I'm sure that's the way that Spurs are seeing it. And I, they're seeing looking at the city money, and uh, I think they're going to look along the lines of making sure that. I mean, what's wrong with this? It's very easy at the moment when, when someone yells out. A, a certain player, a Morata, Alvaro Morata was a great example here. If it's true that Pochettino got in touch with him and mm -hmm. said, we're, in, we're interested in you, lad. And he said, well, I'm not interested to come and sit on the bench and why would you want me when you've got Kane? Good point. So, you don't want to come? Well, not really, no. I want first-team football. Chelsea can offer that. Now, I don't, don't say he had the option at that moment, but he certainly didn't want to come and bench warm. Now, every time you pick on a player at that level... And a, and a good player, um, they're going to look at it and say, well, I'm not sure. Where are you going to put me? Uh, well, on the bench. Well, I'm not going to sit on the bloody bench. That's not for me, Dad. Okay. So every time we, we turn around and say, well, we should be signing this player and that player, I, they're not going to replace what we've got. We're all happy. Would you want to see Kane replace? Say, sorry, Harry, you know, sit on the bench. Or, or sorry, uh, Mr. Erickson, um, if you could sort of hold on the water bottles for us. Uh, you know, because that lad we just signed, you know, he wants first-team football with him. So um, he wants to start. Well, it ain't going to work that way. So it's going to be very difficult. I, every time someone throws in a name, and I think, well, great, where are you going to play him? So we are looking down the market um, where we're looking at Deli Alice. And I know we've got a question later on as who we might sign. And I have a, a, an interesting little one which goes along those lines. Mm, John, John Stegall's asked um, realistic signings to improve the squad. Just as a fo follow-up from Richard's question. Uh, again, so it comes down to a couple of things. A, the fact that Levy's already said that transfer spending is unsustainable and that the bubble will burst. And I think he's absolutely right. And B, who do we desperately, who do we need? We don't need anybody. Some cover would be nice. But I think we're all right as we are. I don't think it's a question of Spurs not spending because they're unwilling to. I don't think they can top necessarily what we already have. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a chairman, chairman who's A, prudent, B, we're, we're operating at a different scale. We, we don't have sugar daddies um, uh, uh, from, from the Middle East and we don't have um, uh, corrupt Russian money um, funding us um, and we're not operating with a massive debt and just spending like there's no tom tom tomorrow, like um, the Glazers and that's the way they're, they're running United. Um, we've, you know, Levy's been sensible, you know, there could there could be an argument that sometimes perhaps he's a little bit too stubborn, um, but he's got the interest of, of the club at heart. Um, I remember, you know, this season, David, you, you and I, you were telling me that back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s, um, every summer, it used to be all about the checkbook, and Spurs were going to get the checkbook out yeah. and, and sign. Yeah. We live in different times at the moment. Um, football's, football's changed. Um, but what I would say is this. It's quite interesting. A lot of our fans want a mark, and I hate this word, a marquee signing, or they want a whole load of signings. Um, and don't get me wrong, I remember for me... Um, in my, sort of my generation, I remember the summer that we signed Jürgen Klinsmann in '94, and that was superb. That was a fantastic feeling. Um, yeah. 
others will recall the summer of 78 when we, we uh, brought in Via and um, Ricky Via and Ozzy Ardivis. Um Most recent times, you can point to Van der Vaart, but the one that, the summer that really stands out and um, a lot of Spurs fans were um, getting very carried away was, was when, four years ago when we sold Bale and we bought in seven players and yeah, look how that turned out. Two of those players are, st- are still at the club. One of them is injured, or has been for a, a lot of last season. Yep. Um, Ericsson's the other one. And all of the others moved on. And none of them yep. really set the world alight. Chadley d- did okay, but we've moved on as a club. Um, Paulinho, Kiriquez, Soldado, the less said about them, the better. Um, uh-huh. Capoue as, as well. Um, yeah, there's a feeling amongst Tottenham fans that we should be... That's what we should be aiming for, as opposed to let's see how we get on during the course of the season. Actually, we've got a good squad. We've got some really good young players coming through. Some of the players that we bought last season, Janssen, Sissoko, arguably might come good in the second season in the same way that Sun did. There seems to be very little faith in what we've done so far under Pochettino. And this drive just to sign Carlos Kickabout, um, as, as um, Alan Sugar once re- referred to foreign players, um, you know, some sort of big market. Jose Dominguez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the other thing is, Bex, you mentioned cover. Now, this, this is another thing that really annoys me, and I've had this discussion among Spurs fans and also um, uh, as a United fan at work, and we routinely discuss this. And there's an argument that, well, you've got cover. Well, there's, there's, there's two schools of thought. There's one, Spurs fans say we don't have the strength and depth, or look at the bench against whoever it was, say Juventus yesterday, notwithstanding the fact that we've got Wanyama, um, and Kundo was was injured as well yesterday, Rose, Lamella and Son out. If all those players were fit, suddenly our bench would, would look a lot stronger. I would defy... Well, if you look at any other any of the other clubs, I'm sure if Chelsea had a few injuries last season... Um, their that, would, uh, that look at the bench argument doesn't really wash with me. Look yeah. at the bench. What am I looking at? Players that have won titles, players that have won major European championships, world champ- the World Cup... What am I looking at? Am I just looking at them because they're a name that you know? Or am I looking at them because of the way they give to the team, the way they help develop the team, the way they help the team work? So, okay, you look at our bench, there might not be any world beaters necessarily as individuals in there, but it's what they bring as a team. Mm. I would like to make sure that we've got cover for Trip because as we know, it's hard. (laughs) The way Spurs play is hard on our um, backs, and that would be good to make sure that they've got some they can alternate, especially towards the end of the season. But that's it. But I don't think our bench is necessarily any weaker than anybody else's. Agreed. And and yeah, Chelsea last season. If you take out Costa, who who was their other striker? I would love to take but, out Costa. Choose but, your weapon. Their other centre forwards, who we were linked with heavily, um, was Batshuayi. He hardly played for them. He didn't do a great deal. Um, if you if you take Costa out out of the equation, and take out let's just say take out Hazard, who's not really a, a centre forward but can play in that sort of false nine role, then they look weak. So uh, that argument doesn't wash with me. The second thing that I keep hearing is, well, you've got the depth, you've got players who can come in, but you don't really have any competition for Harry Kane. You don't really have any competition for Deli Ali. Now, uh, do they need competition? Competition. Exactly. Why do uh, they? Why would they want? Why would Poch want to put them under any more pressure 
than they are already feeling because, in all fairness, they carry the team. They help to carry the team, is it? They're, they're established players. Yeah. You know, you look at, I don't know, um, just example off the top of my head, Ronaldo at Real Madrid, Ronaldo at United. Did he need competition? He was good enough. He was gonna. He was gonna start. There are certain players that are just gonna start, and we, you know, as well as I do, a fit Alvarez, a fit for Tongan. They are gonna be our centre back pairing. It doesn't matter who who else we've got as cover. How how good they are. If those two players are fit, they will start. Um, and we don't need a Mark II um, Alvarez. Um, although that'd be nice um, to have two Tobies. Um, you don't need that necessarily that that competition. Um, I, but you do need somebody who's competent who can come in absolutely. and make yeah. sure there is cover. So Vimmer needs to stay, for example. Well, I, I would bring in. You see that back in I think it was '77, Liverpool won the league with just 15 players. Just 15 players. Did they need any pressure on them? Clearly not. With the right mental attitude towards the game. They came in um, expecting to win. They'd have David Fairclough on the bench, um, super sub, who would come on and do his bit. Fifteen players is all they required. So it, it's it's well, we're it, it's just saying about the, the old checkbook. We're going back many years, and the game has changed. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I'm not one of the silly old sods that turns around and says, "Oh, the game was better in those days." <laughs> it's not. It's not like that at all. It's just different, and it is where it is. And there's no point looking back for that reason. But there is for that purpose is 15 players now we only have 21 players as a first team squad that's all we've got now when you turn around and say you know we've got one of the best um wages um because it's the least amounts we've had it's not actually as individuals we haven't we're actually paying as much as most of the teams around us um in the main it's just that certain individuals like the ozils and what have you are earning 150, 160,000 maybe on some of the top players, um, Sanchez. They, they suddenly step out of line to the rest. We're not doing that. We're not paying suddenly somebody way out of line from the rest. We're, we're sort of fairly even. That's quite, I like that, um, as long as the players will stick with it. But the squads that the Arsenal's and the Chelsea are, are half as big again as ours. That's where their wage bill is. That's why they're paying so much, because they're paying for a bigger squad. And I think some of our fans are getting caught up with that. They see a 30-odd man squad, and we've only got 21. Um, should we need more than 21? Not if they're good enough, no. 21 is quite good enough. But I have no doubt that we will sign somebody, and I, and I do feel that you do need one or two every year. You do have to bring one or two in. You do have to freshen up a little bit. But once you've got to where we are, and I think we're in a great place it's like Manchester United under Ferguson and the, the, the glory days he would just sign one maybe two players in the summer of significance and that's all he needed just to freshen up the squad um, OK I'll come to the Newcastle game in a minute um, we uh, begin our campaign a week today um, the trip to St James's Park before I do um I know it's early days and I know that the transfer window um, is still open um, but if I could ask you for predictions for this season with regard to Spurs but also perhaps tips for relegation and top four places Bex if I come to you first 
oh really um <laughs> i don't know and it, you're gonna say that city and chelsea are gonna be in amongst it somewhere because of, purely because of the money they spend and the play the quality of players that they've managed to bring in potentially um i don't know so i'm gonna go with Ch- uh, man city to win it chelsea second spurs third and then North London, you know, Woolwich Wanderers to finish much further down the table than they hoped. Um, as for relegation, well, that should just be good for a laugh. I'd like to. Who wouldn't like to see West Ham get relegated? I think they bought quite well, actually, West Ham. I don't see them getting relegated. I must admit. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't live that far from Brighton. I'd love to see them stay up another year, but. Uh, I, I can't see it, I, I, and I can't see Huddersfield surviving either. So those two are going to go straight back down again, I'm afraid. Um, I'm not so sure about who's going Brighton, to go with them. but Huddersfield I can definitely see going down. Yeah, I think, I think Brighton will. I hope not, but I think they will. And I, I, I fear that Swansea will go with them, I'm afraid. Um, I think Newcastle will survive. Winning it, I don't get pulled in with this. this again, this idea that Man City are signing all these players... And, and they're looking like the Harlem Globetrotters at the moment, all these stars. Um, I think they're going to make, make so You know, it's, it's too easy to just think that they're throwing all these players and I think they're going to have a problem in, in settling in. And I don't think um, they will win it, I must admit. Um, who is? I don't know. I've got a horrible feeling Manchester United might just nick it. I, I really do. I think Manchester United might, might just take it this year. Um, you know, I don't know what he's like. And I, I think we may get second again. Man City third, Liverpool fourth. Okay. Um, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> I think Brighton will go down. Um, Huddersfield, and I'm struggling with the third one. I'm going to go for Crystal Palace. Or perhaps Southampton. I tipped Southampton last season, um, and I was way, way wrong with that. Um, but yeah, Palace. Um, top four, I think... Okay, so I think the top four, this is not in any particular order, I think the top four will consist of ourselves, um, I think Chelsea and both the Manchester clubs. I think Liverpool will miss out. Um, they're in playing in Europe this season, which they didn't have to um, worry about last season. Um, same, same with Chelsea. Um, and I think Arsenal will struggle once again because all of the problems they had last season are still there. There's still that whole Wenger, Wenger in, Wenger out. There's still that cloud over the club. Um, I don't think there's harmony there. They haven't really, you know, we talk about we've not strengthened. I don't care who those signed, um, new forward and, and spent however much. Their defence is poor, um, and I think those teams will, will both Arsenal and Liverpool will finish out for the top four. Um, as for us, I think we're going to win the league. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I swear I've heard that before. <laughs> we're getting there every every twice before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just 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 to push that a little bit further. Um, so the other thing with the Gooners, of course, is that they are playing Europa League this season. Yeah. So they're not going to get their Central European travelling times. They're going to be spending time going to the back end of beyond. As as, as Chelsea, they they they're going to have to play in Europe this. Season. It won't be so easy for them. I think they're going to lose Hazard. That's why I think I'm going to drop them out of the top four. I, I think they're going to have a little tough time, and I don't think Conte's going to like it. Mm. Okay, so we go to next um, Sunday, Newcastle. Um, the last time we played them, can't remember. 
Can't remember there. We can't remember what happened. Um, thoughts, predictions on that match, Trippier? Um, will he play? Won't he play? Apparently, no. um, no, he, won't. he won't play. So Pochettino has said Carl Walker Peters won't start either. Um, yeah. I'm of the opinion. This, this is quite. We've got two questions on this. Um, I'll come to them in a minute. I've got a sneaky feeling he's going to go with the back three of Dyer, um, yep. Alderweireld, Vertonghen. And yep. then he'll play Sissoko. That's, right yep, that's what I think. That's exactly what I think he'll do. He tried it last year, and it was quite successful. Mm. And I think that's exactly what he'll do at Newcastle. Newcastle, they play one up front. He'll just allow Sissoko to run that line up and down. He did all right. I agree. And he'll probably raise his game against his old club. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. OK, so the last time we played Newcastle on the opening day of the season, we also lost 1-0. That was at St James's Park. So... Um, any other result from that, and I'm happy. I've, I've got a whole feeling it's going to be a one-one actually, and that we did that last year, the first game against Everton. Mm. Yeah, got a, got a feeling it's going to be a one-one, but uh, there we are. Yeah, we we have a tendency the last couple of seasons opening away matches that I attend, we don't win. So um, that's please tell change. me you're not going. That's got to. Ch- I am going. So that's got oh, to change. Not allowed. Um, we had two questions. I, I think we're going to win that. Um, we had two questions on Sissoko. Um, I'll read them both. Ed Brad, I'm a believer that it takes the vast majority of players nine months to one year, one to one year to adjust to Pochettino's methods. As such, I expect Sissoko and Jansen to shine. Any views on that? And Greg Taylor, uh, much the same. Their first season over, I think Sissoko and Jansen should be given a clean slate. They've both got something to prove, which may well work in our favour. What do you guys think? Thanks. There you go. Um, yeah, I agree. They um, they do need time to settle in, both of them. And I don't think, especially Sissoko, I think because of the price tag he came with, I think people expected a lot more of him than he ever delivered. And he does need time. Um, Janssen has never actually played really badly. He's never done what he's supposed to. He's supposed to be this all-consuming, fantastic striker. And that's not ever delivered. But it's... He, gives more to the team than just scoring goals when he does play. He holds up the ball well and he blocks the play. I think he's, yeah, probably much better than he gets a lot of credit for. But I would expect yeah, both of them yeah. to do better this season. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. I, 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 I'm sort of in a minority of almost one. I quite like Sissoko. <laughs> he does need... I know. He does need the ball in front of him, unfortunately. He's one of those players. And uh, as, as I think George Best famously said, um, he can control it further than I can kick it. But that isn't, that isn't his forte when it comes to him. I'm afraid it does bounce off him a bit. But he is a powerful lad. He can hurt people as well. I, I, I think Poch is going to give him every opportunity. I hope he does. I, I think he's got... Um, I think he's still got a lot to offer. He's got 60-odd caps, I think it is, for France. I haven't checked. But he, he's certainly got a lot of caps. You know, all those man- good managers can't be all that wrong about him. Um, and Jansen, the tr- you know what Jansen's problem is? He looks older than he is. And that's the trouble. Everybody thinks he should be doing better than he is. And he's a young lad, and I think he was always there as promise. And he hasn't been given enough game time. The trouble is with the Premier League at the moment is that, and that's what Chelsea brought to it, started off with, and Man City have followed, is they don't buy Miss Wright. They buy Miss right now. That's all yeah. they want. They don't want youngsters. No, we haven't got time for that. Yeah, you know, we we want to buy a player in that hits the ground running. 
and they'll buy them from wherever. And it really isn't helping the youngsters. I mean, they've sold um, Chalabar, which I thought was a good youngster. I know I'm talking about Chelsea, but, you know, it's just not helping us. Um, and we need to be more patient and try and get game time. But even Pochino, I'm sure, you know, especially when we only got we got second last year he was put under pressure you know what if Chelsea slip up we can get it so there was no room for putting Janssen in on a starting lineup saying well let's see what he does had we been mid-table we probably would have done it and said well no we could give Harry a rest and play Janssen he because he's not hit the ground running the way that Deli Alley has unfortunately is sat on the bench too long but given the run of games just like Trippier when he was given the run of games suddenly we thought oh, hang on a minute look at the crosses he's getting in what a player he is you know give him a, give him a little go and that's four and a half million pounds well spent wasn't it yeah but the, I think when Tripp came in because he came from Burnley and nobody expected him to come straight in and do stuff whereas the expectation, be it from just from the fans, was that Janssen was a goal-scoring machine and he was going to come and score everything. Every time he kicked the ball, it was going to go in the back of the net. So the fans need to perhaps manage their expectations better. There was a price tag involved. If Janssen had cost 500000 I think the expectations would have been a lot, lot less. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't set the price tag. But you see, you go, go, I'm going to step run back to the, to the old Magnificent Seven, Javid, and you're absolutely right about that, man. And who's to blame? Probably the fans. Yeah. But here we are, we've we got um, 100, nearly 100 million, or 89 million for bail, um, plus, I think, with, with, uh, we've got some add ons to it. Um, and I know that Lever must have felt under desperate pressure, that's got to go straight back in and buy it. Otherwise, the fans are going to kick off. And that will happen. If, if we lost, say, Delhi Alley now, um, for for same sort of money, the fans say, "Well, what are you going to do with it?" Well, they have to go out and buy. But suddenly, seven turned up the door in one go, and even I bought into it. Thought, oh, "My goodness me, I don't know one of them." But my goodness, my well, you know, what a great move that is. Sell one, buy seven. We must be in a better place. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> did I make a mistake? How long was it before you realised your mistake? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh crikey! A cup of coffee hadn't even got cold when I saw Kirikis kick the ball. Dear oh, oh. dear. Just the ball and stay on his feet? No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dear, oh dear. I mean, and, and, and the fans do. And we've got to keep patience. That's the thing. We've got to keep patience. And I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of either. I'm certainly not a fan of Sissoko, but I would say I know. that he is somebody who has, what, 50-odd fixie caps for, 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 for France. My criticism of Sissoko is in a Spurs shirt, he didn't do it. Um, Janssen, I... Yeah, players need opportunities, but I, th- I thought the few opportunities that he was given last season, he didn't really take them. Um, and Pochettino came out, I think it was the beginning of 2017, saying that he hadn't done enough in training to warrant a place in the team. That being said, um, I think Ed Brad has got a point. Um, I think that with Pochettino, um, if you look at his signings, the ones that have hit the ground straight away, okay, out of Errol's, Deli Ali, Wanyama, who played before at Southampton. But you take somebody like Son, he did okay in his first season, but he really pushed on last season. And I think a lot of players, particularly the ones that signed in the latter part of the transfer window, which Sissoko was last year, Janssen wasn't, I suppose, um, they need to not just buy into his methods, but and the way and the style that we play, but it, but it's it's a grueling regime, the, the the fitness regime that he puts players through, and I think it takes time time for players to adjust. Some will, 
um, some will sink, others will, will, will swim. Um, I think 12 months down the line, there's a possibility that hopefully Janssen will come good. He certainly looks a lot leaner in pre-season. Mm. He looked sharper. Um, Sissoko, he's only played one match so far in pre-season. He did, he did quite well yesterday. So, you know, if he gets, if he starts next Sunday and gets off, gets off to a good start, that could just give him confidence and, and, and who knows. Um, Bex, Spurs ladies, any updates on, 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 on the new season ahead? No. So anybody that listened last season will know that the ladies got promoted to the W, the Women's Super League 2, which is the equivalent to the championship um, in men's football. Fixture list still hasn't been released yet because I checked. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing. But the girls are very much looking forward to it. I think they've been in pre-season, which I think is bizarre when they haven't released the fixture list. Because clearly they're training for something, but nobody appears to know what it is or when it starts. Um, and I can't find out any information on that whatsoever, which is massively annoying. But it should be good. All they need to do is stay up this season. Um, yeah, be good. Yeah. Good on. Just to, as a follow-up from that, we had two questions around... Um, Spurs ladies and also um, we obviously had recently the last few, few weeks one of the interesting aspects of, of, of the summer in terms of sport has been the women's Euros um, two questions around that Bex um, Ed Brad what's your view on the England women and if our Spurs ladies could make the team and then John Steggles um, interesting questions quick question can Mark Samson sorry is Mark Samson destined for a job in the Premier League Okay, so first of all, we'll look at the England ladies who, despite going out and losing 3-0 with a very disappointing own goal conceded in like the last minute of their semi-final, I think they've done really well. Again, Channel 4 have done well to promote the game. I was seeing posters on billboards locally before the Euro started. There was a bit of a buzz from the footballing types and even the non-footballing people in the office um, prior to semi-final that might be because i'm a bit loud and i ditched a works night out in favor of staying at home watching the football but there you go um so the the interest is definitely there it's picked up a little bit um people are more aware that a england have a women's football team and that they can actually sit at home and watch the game rather than it being streamed or kind of behind closed doors effectively for people that don't want to go out and watch football as for the Spurs ladies getting into the England squad, I would say we are way, way off that. If you look at the squad, they are made. Our, our girls are um, still at amateur level. The England squad is made up of WSL 1 in the main um, majority, and they are professionals. So the England skipper, Steph Horton, is probably on something like 60k a year to play, whereas our skipper, Jenna, if she gets a pat on the back and a thumbs up from the boss, I think is um, we'll take that as a win. So we're not getting that money. So we are way, way off the pace. And that's okay. I see that. We need time to develop. Um, the big player for England ladies at the moment is Tony Duggan, who signed for Barcelona just before the Euros. So I think from an English women's football point of view, to have a player go to a club like Barcelona um, is massive. And I think it will encourage younger girls to play football and bring it through because Barcelona are still seen as a really big team, men and women's. So that's a really important thing um, for Tony Duggan to do. Overall, yeah, I, I think we're Spurs ladies are probably 
a good way off that. Um, Mark Sampson, well, I think he's brilliant. The geezer is fantastic. He's done so well with the ladies' team. I'm not sure that he necessarily would give it up um, to go and manage a a league team where the pressure is much more day-to-day. He's got his international side that he's done so well with. Four years on from where Hope Powell left off. Mark Sampson's really developed the team. He's changed a lot of stuff within the team. If you speak to any of the players, he's bringing players back that were playing overseas. Um, So he's done a lot to change the way the team dynamics work. He's done a lot to change their fitness training um, and what they do in training. I'm not sure he'd give that up to go and manage a league team where the pressure is so much greater. Okay. Um, we're going to finish off with some questions. Um, before we do that, just a quick announcement. Um, friend of the show, Annette Smith, um, congratulations to her. She's the new co-chair of um, the Glasgow Spurs Sporters Club. Um, right, let's do some questions um by the way um to obviously existing listeners but but to any new listeners to the the podcast if you want to send us questions um you can do so via the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast Facebook page you can do so via Twitter the Twitter handle is at THF podcast you can also send us an email via spurs at the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast.com um Right, let's see. Paul Simon. Um, okay, my first question of the season. It's not so much a question, it's more of a rambling. With us apparently having inserted a clause when we sold Bale, where we had first refusal to buy him back as long as we agreed to match any bid from Madrid accepted for him, well, if it's reported United or another Premier League big spender go in for him, should we just use some of the stadium loan and match it and then sell him on either immediately or in January for an extra 50 million or so, I guess that's a question. And then he goes on to say, I'm pretty sure we can't afford to keep him, but we can screw with, piss off other rivals who want to buy him. Um, Zach Casnola, also a little Bell-related question, possibly, um, says, you have 100 million in your transfer kitty, do you bring back Bale or name the three players within that figure to improve the squad? Well, I, I have to say, I mean, it, the thing with Bale is, I know we're all sort of still in love with Bale and, and the, the player he is. I would dearly love him to come back to Spurs. Uh, I, I would suggest, I mean, forget the money for the moment, uh, the wages, but I had to have no doubt that it would push Spurs on to win the league, uh, the Premier League this season, if he came back. He's just the thing we, we would um, want. Um, so who do you drop to fit Bale in the team? Well, I. Uh, Sissoko, you play him on the right. It is. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, Bale is a long way from being a, a right back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my only answer to that the player of that level is that how how lucky we'll be to keep all the all the team, the first eleven, fit, and and you'd work round to fit him in, wouldn't you? If there is an injury, I mean, as I say, is it being Sissoko but to a wing back or or somebody else to, to fit Bale in? But he would be the difference, and he would be better than what we've got. I mean, you're going to say the same about Lamella. Where's he going to play when he comes back? But I, but he's on 350,000 euros a week. Um, so 300,000 pounds. Well, clearly, we're not going to pay that. Um, but, and, and, but he's a sort of lad that I, 
I suspect would take. Well, I don't think he'd take a, a drop down of a hundred thousand. I think he probably, in the end, would go to Manchester United, who would offer him um, something towards that. I think they would pay it as well. So I, I, yeah, I just not. I don't see that he necessarily. He certainly doesn't need the money. It's a nice to have, but it's not an essential to you know eat and um, exist. I did see a report that said he was going to Arsenal and nearly died laughing because I'm fairly yeah. confident that there is no way on this planet he would set foot in that place as a player. Yeah. But yeah, Zach, nice try. I'd get a tattoo put on me if he went to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, there is no way that I would want anybody other than Bale, so moot point, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. But as, for, as for signing players, there's... Um, there's a lad, there's one I, I, I would be interested in, it's a youngster at Man City. They bought him from Watford for half a million, um, Jaden Sancho, 17-year-old lad. And this is where I'm going back to, where these clubs, are, Chelsea, Man City, just don't put these young lads into the team. And they're well worth sort of hovering around. And I'd like to think, if we did, we, we were supposed to be interested in him, as our uh, Manchester United, they wanted to come across the divide. Um, and funnily enough, United do give chance, more chances to youngsters than, than City do. But... I I wouldn't mind a punt on him. Uh, anybody else, I'm not so sure. But uh, he'd be young, one young lad. And I'd like to think the City would look upon us um, a little more sympathetically as they got Walker off of us. But probably after being stripped to pieces by Levy, they probably wouldn't want to do <laughs> Can't <laughs> but, but hope. <laughs> yeah, that's one, one young lad I think he's got quite a lot to him. I think I'm going to be terribly boring and just say Bale and no one else. But... Um... I don't think it, we've, we, we can afford him. Um, okay, two questions, similar questions. John Phillips, um, with our younger players, um, it's an interesting segue given what you were saying earlier, David, about young players at, at City and elsewhere not making a um, breakthrough or not being given that chance. John Phillips, with our younger players, who can you see making a big impact this year? And then Ed Brad, which youth player will break through this year and why? So last year, arguably, it was Harry Winks, who, who, who was the one that made his mark. Um, Who's it going to be this year? I have to say, I mean, Harry Winks is the one that will. I mean, he, he did break through, and and he's definitely a player that will play a lot, a big part, staying fit. He'll play a big part this year. But you know, I'm going to be really negative about this. I don't see any others breaking through this year. I really don't. I just don't, don't see it. And I see that's why you went and then uh, Onoma went to the Villa, which I think is a good move for him and good move for the club for game time. But I. I I don't see anybody else doing it. Not Carl Walker-Peters or Marcus nope. Edwards? No, nope. I don't see him breaking through this year. I really okay. don't. That's... Yeah, I've not seen... So they've played some of the um, pre-seasons, haven't they? Carter Vickers has as well. Um, and like I said before, I ha- deliberately haven't watched any of those. So I don't know. I think Marcus Edwards is too young. Yeah, yeah. Um, although... In all fairness, Poch may decide to play him in some of the early rounds of the cup games to give him a little bit of experience and just see how he does cope yeah. with a full stadium, etc. Um, yeah, I don't... I can't... There is no other name that I've heard kicking around the youth scene that makes me think, oh yeah, definitely, that's one to look out for. Mm. But then we've done quite well out of this over the last couple of years. With Kane and Winks and Rose effectively coming forward, and you know, and I think we're probably all right with that for now. It's not going to do us any harm to rest on our if, laurels for a little if bit. If you if you go to any other generation, even we we rarely brought through more than one or two in 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 sort of five years. Well, of any great... 
Ledley was the one that stands out, but yeah. not, not anybody else in recent times. Ah, exactly. It's it's not it's not unusual, you know. The, I mean, it's lovely to think that Poch has got some sort of lovely system of, of recognizing, nurturing this youth and bringing them through. But um, and he is doing it. I mean, but um, what I think is a sustainable level. I, I can't imagine all these youngsters. I mean, they'll never. I can't imagine ever being that um, a group group like Manchester United had that time, a class of '92. Then no one will ever have that again. Not at that level, and, and so many at one go. Um, we have got a few, but Edwards was injured, wasn't he? Uh, mm. Last year's why he only was a bit part in the World in their World Cup, unfortunately. So maybe he will be the lad, but I, I can't see it. Uh, I've got the list here, but I, there's no there's a Giorgio. I think isn't Giorgio going leaving us now? Anthony Giorgio. Ryan Loft is another one that I'm that I've got a lot of hope for, but again, he's not come close to really looking as though he's going to be given a chance yet. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, Keziah Sterling. Um, I think that Winks will go, will continue to go from strength to strength. I, I, I think Carl Walker-Peters will, will feature a fair bit. I agree with Edwards that he's probably a little bit too young and he won't start, I can't see him starting many matches, but hopefully, if he stays clear of in- injuries, which he had last season, we'll hopefully get this season what we should have last season, which is more cameo appearances. Because the only one that last year I remember was against Gillingham in the, in the, in the capital, in the EFL. And he did quite well when he came off the bench. Um, and I can see a bit more from him on that front. Possibly even in the Premier League, maybe the last 10 minutes of a game. Um, yeah, which is what Poch did with Winks, wasn't it, to start with? Yeah. He was just getting the little, very little... Five minutes here, ten minutes there. Um, the other one, not on the running order, but Onoma. So he, he got loaned out to Villa, um, which is a strange decision, given that in the past, when Pochettino has loaned out players, it tends to be um, cursed. As a punishment. Yeah. In this okay. particular case, um, Pochettino was interviewed yesterday um, and um, by amongst others. Um, Alastair um, Gold, who, who's um, uh, uh, writes for F- F- Football London and is a very good correspondent um, for all, all things Spurs. And Pochettino said, "Look, he played, he played in the under twenties. He, he played a lot of matches, and the feeling was that he did need a bit of game time. Um, so that's what they've done. I'm, I'm fine with that, but I don't necessarily think in this case it will spell the end of his Spurs career. I just think it's a shame that this happened now as opposed to last year." I think it's a pity that it's a championship club rather than a Premier League team. And I think it's a shame that it's for the whole season. They could have just done it till January. I mean, I don't know if there's an option to recall him back in January. I'm sure there will be an option to get him back if they want him. Yeah. We, had an, we, had, we had another player um, against three. His name escapes me. Um, uh, right back from Sheffield that, that played for us a period of time. And, and we loaned him out to Villa. Um, for half the season, um, and he had a, he did really well when he was there. Yeah, traitorous bastard. But anyway, yeah. Next, <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Last three questions. Um, Paul Simon um, asks: Am I having wet dreams over the catering possibilities in the new st- stadium? NHL, NHL, NHL links. Americans love bagels. New fancy modern hipster catering facilities. Do not put hipster and me in the same sentence. I mean, one thing that I can't, can't stand are bl- bloody Shoreditch hipsters. Um, 
bracket salmon bagels anyone and the fact that the new stadium even looks like a giant bagel surely the most bagel excitement you can have with your clothes on um i think that the new stadium the catering possibilities are good um it's not the only aspect of um the new stadium obviously you know it's it's a lot lot more than catering but um, cheese i'm I'm glad cheese and beer of views and beer and more seeds and and everything else um and a little bit of football and a bit of football and a museum as well Um, all we need is a mini waitrose in there that's (laughs) a little shopping a little bit of shopping no more than one basket sir get rid of sainsbury's (laughs) right next to it um, not quite good. Not not on the same scale, is it really? Um, but anyway, that's, that's something to look forward to next next summer. And the stadium's um, development seems to be going well. Um, okay, final two questions. Paul Esau, with money being the only show in town and the new grounds naming rights up for grabs, who would you have? Um, he he says he would go for Google or Apple himself. <laughs> as, as long as they're an ethical company, that would be my. Uh, you know, I, I would not want to be Newcastle with what was ever that loan company is. Uh, I can't remember now. Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it Newcastle that did Wonga? Yes, is it Wonga? Wonga. I did like the joke there. He said, uh, "Was it the manager's um, the message to the players to give about three thousand nine hundred forty-one percent effort this game?" <laughs> <laughs> which I <thought>. yes. <laughs> which which is all unethical for, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, Google will do great. I mean. Uh, we, uh, we have to com- again. We have to use the other names of Man City, Chelsea, and so on. We have to co- compete with them now, and we need to compete in the money. Even Chelsea signed a stonker of a deal, didn't they, on um, naming and uh, on their shirts? Um, and uh, we, we need that sort of level of, of, of commitment from companies and partner companies. So yeah, I'd, I'd be happy that those names would be great. I mean, Google and uh, the like, uh, Facebook or something. Yep, wonderful. Get their money. Thanks. It doesn't matter what they call it. It doesn't matter what the official title is. Because the money aside, it will be what everybody thinks they should call it anyway, and it will only ever be the lane. Mm. So they can call it whatever fancy name they want. They can put it across the, the, across the top of the stands so you get a really good, ni- nice bit of um, publicity when it's a helicopter shot but it's still going to be the lane. So yeah, anything no. else is really, you know, by the by with me, I really don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean a, you go back to, to West Ham's old ground. I mean, that was the Berlin ground, but it was called Upton Park. So it had yeah. two names. Um, and you're absolutely right. There's no way, because they're on the same ground, um, it's going to be anything else than White Hart Lane. And I suspect whomever takes it on will probably end up with saying it's Google White Hart Lane or something. White Hart Lane, Google. It, it, it will come in there somewhere, but White Hart Lane will remain with the fans. It's not. It's not a threat to us at, yeah. at all. Yeah, Just it, thanks for the cash. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in our hearts, it's always going to be White Hart Lane. Um, if you're going to push me, I think what are the what's the key criteria? So there's got to be something about the sort of synergy. Um, uh, between the, that brand and perhaps Spurs, um, or, or uh, it's got to have a sort of a, a global appeal, and obviously money, money talks. Um, I would have thought Nike makes sense, surely, yeah. if Nike, Nike are a kit manufacturer. Just yeah. The Nike, the Nike Stadium. Yeah. Uh, um, that's been mooted about a bit, hasn't it? That might be. Um, 
I mean, Google, Apple are, are great, but I can't see that myself. But um, they don't do sponsorship, do they? So I don't think Apple do. I think Google might, but I don't think Apple do. So I'd find it difficult to believe that they would break that for a UK company as well. Yeah, I think I think it's just um, poorly. So I was just putting a those sort of silly massive names in there but it really he's it, right in the, in the, <laughs> <laughs> the principle of a big company name um whoever that might be but yeah as long as they're that's what i'm saying as long as they're ethical you know within reason mm. is any company that ethical i don't know no Stan Kroenke wouldn't want to sponsor us with some sort of TV channel, I don't know. About hunting or something, yeah. Yeah, something like that, yeah. How about New York Bakery Bagels Stadium? Shut up with your bagel. Uh, yeah, possibly, yes. It yes, has a ring to it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> right, final question. Um, John Steggles, you're on a desert island. Who from the current squad do you vote as leader? And if it all goes Lord of the Flies, who do you eat first? So you vote Hugo as leader because he is sensible and he's used to taking charge of a bunch of a rabble of footballers. And um, he's a proper captain. Is that, is that I was going to say, that, is that an admission that he is the Spurs captain and he should be the Spurs captain, Bex? Well, yeah, and he's, and, I, and he's the France captain as well. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't think it was changing. I would prefer him not to be the captain. However, um, it's clearly not my choice. So he is the skipper and used to dealing with uncontrollable footballers who want to do what they think they should do. And if it all goes at Lord of the Flies, Sissoko is a bit chunky. Mm. <laughs> and expendable, dare I yeah. say. Well, <laughs> <you're already. laughs> Just beat me to it. He's expendable, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's my bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to see Dyer as, as, uh, as the leader. He really is a leader in the making, I, 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 yeah. I thought. But he seems to be a bit on the quiet side for my liking. But you soon, certainly see him come up to the referee. Although it's more when Delhi gets in trouble. He, he goes to assist his mate. But he's always up there. But he doesn't seem to lose his temper. He has that, that smile of somebody who's quite confident he can look after himself. Uh, so he'd be the boy. But um, I agree with Sissoko as the first on the dinner plate. <laughs> <laughs> up until... A few months ago, I would have said Janssen because he was carrying a bit of body fat, you know, and you could just trick <laughs> him in his body fat. Um, but uh, yeah, probably, probably Sissoko. Um, I don't know because Poch be... has a tendency to put on weight towards the back end of the season and then Ooh. go on a crash diet over the summer. Yeah. So, you know, previously, Poch has always been a little bit slightly heavier, shall we say, at one end of the season than he has at the start. I don't know if Poch might be an option. We can't lose Pochettino in that scenario. Yeah. If, if he goes, then it will be it will be chaos. And but that's what Hugo's for. True. And right. Uh, and I right. Um, the next podcast will be will be recording next Sunday, Sunday evening, um, as and when I get back from Newcastle. Bex, thank you as ever. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. Oh, thank you. Um, and until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey!
that are green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go The names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed And faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out 